You're listening to the podcast for grain merchandisers by grain merchandisers. Join us in our good humored attempt to serve as a voice of reason in an industry fraught with misconceptions and half truths. And now, from deep in America's heartland, this is the Elevator's Cut. Welcome back to another episode of The Elevator's Cut. I am one of your hosts, Jason Wheeler. And I'm other, actually one of three today, Roger Gaddis. And uh, this is a part two follow-up to our volume one of delving into GMD. And uh, with us again, mainly because it was just a short uh, break uh, on the telephone of a few seconds from volume one. Uh, we have Susan David. Susan, thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having me again, guys. Yes, and uh, Susan, I mean, do you list on your resume like GMD expert? Is that is that going to be a new thing now or what? No, that is no. Not. Okay, good. <laughs> well, I mean, they're they're all experts on GMD. Let's be honest. That is expert of experts. Yeah, that's right. Um, no, so uh, Susan, just real quickly again, uh, if you could give us. Um, how do folks get a hold of you and uh, and check out what you do? Um, okay, so probably easiest thing to remember is Susan David. You can find me on Twitter at Susan Noble. Uh, I work with Reading Huber Ag Consulting. You can also Google that and find our website if you can manage to spell it. Um, so my background. Uh, Country Elevator, where I first got to know the white commercial team, learned a few things about basis spreads and such from them. I spent seven years with ADM and their their St. Louis River facilities. And then I had five years with Consolidated Grain and Barge. I left the elevator world about a year ago. And now we do consulting. um, We do advisory services for producers. So we provide marketing information, insight, and I would call myself a Dr. Phil on many days. Awesome. Yeah. Susan definitely knows a thing or two. Been, been around, uh, yeah, several parts of the, of the grain world. So knows the industry pretty well. So this is a good one to have when we're analyzing the, uh, the, the zeitgeist the intricacies the that is GMD. So let's pick up here, uh, sort of where we left off. Uh, with the volume one episode. What do we got, boss? Um, all right. So our first post we'll we'll jump at here is uh, post, how much do you think this soybean rally today is because of elevators buying physical? Good day to run beans. This is in October of last, last year. year. Uh, and the, uh, obviously the bean market was up. He says, good day to run beans. I'm wondering if specs know that the elevators would be hedging and are trying to be a step ahead. You see, maybe some elevators are bullish too. I'm sold out personally on this crop, so I don't mind asking to make you think. So Roger, did that make you think? Absolutely. I think we Job need accomplished. to draw out a flow chart for this one. <laughs> Is that even possible? They get that the, the whiteboard behind you there. Yeah. Roger, let's get, Go ahead, Roger. It was like uh, that uh, the meme of the crazy guy trying to point to everything on oh, the board yeah. behind. Him. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So where do we start? Well, he says, uh, obviously it's harvest and the market's going up. And uh, why would it be doing such a thing? Which is, of course, is what we have to do every day. We have to see what the market's doing and then try to think of reasons of why it might do such a thing and pretend like it's not just the normal supply and demand stuff that we learned. Well, obviously if it's up, there's more buyers than sellers. <laughs> I, I think that's the, that's the take home message. If there's anything you take away from today, really on an update, there are more buyers than sellers. Oh, right. Right. Cause it's not a two party system. It's, it's, so um, anyway, so he's saying, okay, the market's up, but it's harvest, right? So how which is the, sort of uncommon. I mean, you'll get how can the market be up in harvest, which yeah, yeah, it is. It's not all, it doesn't always happen. But then after that, we take so a detour. So he's wondering if the specs know. So if I'm a speculator, would I know that harvest is going? I don't know. Only if you've looked at a Let's calendar. Uh, I'm wondering if the specs know that elevators would be hedging. They're buying grain, selling futures. So they know there's going to be a bunch of selling. So they're going to buy before the selling, and that's what's making the market go up. Tell me where I'm wrong, Roger. You punch a hole in that. You're absolutely correct. Okay. Speculators do one thing, hedgers do another thing, and that's usually, hey, that's actually, with one transaction, both of those parties can do that thing. It's incredible. Yeah, because every time you hedge, you have to tell your broker so that they know to go do an, a trade with a spec. Correct? Spec. <laughs> No, I think with quite. this one, I'm questioning everything I've learned in the past 15 years. <laughs> but, but I love it. It's like all elevators this, oh, the are elevators. bullish too. Well, he said he, he said this is because elevators. He he said okay, it's because elevators are uh, hedging, which would be selling futures that would drive the market down. We assume so, that's what he's meaning. So obviously, obviously, something has to be counteracting it more than counteracting it. It's either the specs or his next thing is maybe. Elevators are bullish too. So they're buying, and then when they buy from the farmer, they sell back. <laughs> they're buying. This is a broker's dream. <laughs> maybe they're Texas hedging, or maybe they're just <laughs> not hedging at all. And those specs don't have anybody to trade with because the elevators. Maybe know. it's spec to specking. Okay, spec okay. to spec Hold trading. On. I, I'm all right. I'm going to stop you guys right here <laughs> because Thank without you. the ability to attempt to draw this out on a whiteboard. I think we just need to put this one to bed. Oh, um, I think that's a great idea. Well, one guy said elevators do not speculate. I wish that was always true. And uh, <laughs> so this is where um, I, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, they shouldn't. Um, and then, but the next guy, who of course will not let his victimization uh, be be checked, says. I doubt that that's true, given they're in a good position to with their knowledge. I think the question comes from a good place, but then the 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 you know the, the jump to conclusion kind of jumped on the wrong lily pad there. Yeah. Well, the bad thing is that uh, Facebook is a platform for jumping to conclusions. Oh, oh yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, I don't think he's saying this, but but a thing that some people that believe this would see that and read is with the whole, oh, they're in a good position with their knowledge. It's that whole thing of, oh man, if the elevator is telling me I need to sell, that must mean they think the price are going up and they need to buy it before uh, it does. You know, right? it, that that's a lead, thing. That leads right into this, actually, um, the, this next, the yeah. next one here. So someone explain why the basis widens out when the markets go up. Uh, and then he goes on to say, I thought it was based on the price of shipping. <laughs> so... 
Yeah. I don't know if anyone told him, but steer tires have done nothing but go up. Um, you know what diesel is? <laughs> Has to be more. Yeah. You know, the, the, so let's forget about the fact that he just tried to say basis was based on the price of shipping. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when a, I hate it when a producer sees that a basis, that basis maybe jumps, say um, for nearby shipment or something, basis pops 10 cents and a producer inherently says, well, you clearly want it. I'm going to make you pay more for it. I'm not selling that today. It's going to go up tomorrow or whatever. You know, it's like a sign. They take it. It should be the sign, this, this big, gigantic flashing sign that says, look, the elevator's paying more. That means they want their bushels. And that means it's an opportunity. And a lot of people, unfortunately, see that as a reason to hold on tighter. Yeah. What they oh, have. you've tipped your hand there, Mr. Elevator. <laughs> Everything so. is a reason to be bullish everything <laughs> yeah i don't i've always told guys that the any day that you see kind of the board the board run a little bit for not any major apparent reason and you see basis pop the same day too nine times out of ten that makes a great day to <laughs> seller absolutely um and, and i don't you just have to the market's telling you something and actually here Recently, we'll see it on the board sometimes where we see a cash led. It's really it's cash that pushes the board higher. So, um, yeah. or the the you know narrow spreads and that sort of thing. So, right. I, I think this year in particular, this summer, this past summer, amid the big inversions, specifically in the corn market, we had people just saying, "Look how high the basis has gotten." And you know, it was it was triple digit levels in places that it doesn't usually get there nominally it was a high value but when you look and you try to say oh basis has dropped they're like no it went from 60 over to a buck 10 over no but it's dropped and you know with again this gets back to the spread <laughs> basis chart with spreads or without spreads uh you can see you know that what basis has done and i think that um you, you know basis gets misunderstood and again it's, it's a good question but I think, um, well, as we can see, the comments here is where there's so many misconceptions because there's only one right explanation of basis, obviously, with so many misunderstandings of it. Uh, and years like this one, well, this, of course, it's the evil elevator still in front of you, <laughs> which we know that's a troll because we know him from Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, having this idea of market signals, and I, I think that's kind of what you were alluding to, Susan, is. The board is telling you one thing. The basis tells you one thing. Um, and as a seller, depending if you're a cash seller or basis seller, you respond to different signals. And I think frustration comes in is when one party tries to do the other thing. It'd be like an elevator not following basis signals, but only following cash signals. So that's that seems crazy, right? That, that's mm -hmm. not something you would do. Uh, and conversely, on the farm side, to say I'm, I'm going to focus on basis at the expense of everything else is just as crazy. Oh man. But that's a mistake that farmers make more often than not. Right. Right. Goodness gracious. Oh, I could tell you some nasty horror stories of rolling, you know, rolling into a carry. But yeah, it, yeah. It, it, a typical, you know, barring an inversion year, a typical year basis appreciation from harvest through summer 
is a lot of times as much or less than the board can move in a day of trading volatility, you know? So it, it's just the, it's, it's a red herring, I think is the, is the saying. Yeah. The truth is, I mean, I, basis in being manipulated, it's, uh, it goes up when, so the, this post was, Hey, market goes up, but then the basis goes down. So we don't get the full amount of, uh, of the improvement, right? It was taken from us. Like the market went up 15 cents a day, but then they backed off their bid five cents. We only got a 10 cents. Two very key things there. The quote (laughs) full amount and yeah, full basis, full basis. But so this is the thing, right? If, if what you have to understand, if I'm running a ethanol plant or a feedlot or feed mill or whatever it is, and I only need this many bushels a week. And now everybody wants to sell them to me. The point of my business is to buy that as cheap as I can. And if it's coming, you know, in a plentiful way, because the futures are up, I'm going to pay a lower, lower number, as low numbers as I can. You are going to tap the brakes. Yeah. And, and it is, it's no different than what happens um, at a river facility when the values at the Gulf back off a little bit, or, you know, it comes right back up the, up the river to affect everyone else. Same thing, ethanol plant, feeder, crush plant, whatever it may be. Yeah. And this is why when Hurricane Katrina happened, it was a light bulb for everyone that we should start this thing called basis. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Okay. Um, yeah. Anyway, so it was, yeah, that was, that was a fun one. But so along what Roger was saying there um, with the whole, you were basically speaking to the point of the, the spread, right? right? So you, you were saying 60 over and then a dollar over, you know, it's, it's different based on which month we're going to. And when the inverse happened, it gets really magnified. So that's our next post here that I had up. Um, this guy says, quick question. Why is there a July? This is July 13th is when he posted this. Why is there a July price on the board if nobody goes by it for current sale price on corn? They say September's what they're going by. It makes no sense to me. So a couple things there, Roger. I, I want Susan to explain why why is this? Why why have we been being lied to this whole time? This is another one that it'd be nice to have a dry erase board, a flow chart. Um, <laughs> so so let's let's back up a little bit. So most elevators, for instance, if I am assuming okay, we're talking about corn. So let's see, an elevator in general will be bidding. Um, Basis-wise for corn, they will be bidding versus the July all the way through typically the end of June. And then once you get right into the month of July, they're going to bounce it out and it will be versus the set. So, um, and that weird first two weeks of the month of July until July 15th, or I guess it technically is the 16th where it falls, the July futures fall off of the board that contract is in delivery. So therefore it has, no one's bidding against it uh, necessarily, but it will have no price limits. So um, producers get very frustrated, especially because there are no limits or you'll see, you'll see that month go 
uh, maybe make <laughs> even larger swings. So customers will get very angry because if they look at the July and see that it is up 20 cents, but your bid that's versus the step is only up 10 cents, they will be very aggravated. Um, but that's just, that's the mechanics of it. So yeah. who gets that money? <laughs> Are you just trying to stir the pot? I think you are. Uh, turning the old trolling motor on. The, uh, yeah, I, I can tell. I can you know tell. who I blame? I blame QBFS for leaving those stupid quotes on their screen. That's right. For two weeks after That's no one's true. using it in an elevator setting. That's who I blame. <laughs> no, I, one thing I like to say is, all right, it's a, it, they're called futures contracts because they're about the future. If it's a July contract and it's July now, it's not future anymore. This is just a con. This is a cash it's contract. Presents like Christmas. Yeah, we trade uh, futures, so get get into the future. You know, it's like Michael J. Fox did. <laughs> a lot of, um, I think a lot of people get end up confused too because elevators will ele elevators will typically want you out of a particular futures month a position. So for instance, if we're still talking about July on the board corn and it is um, coming up on the end of June, it might be sometime that first part of the week of that last week of June that they would require you to either roll your mm -hmm. existing futures or, um, or heaven forbid, roll your unpriced basis. <laughs> I just used a horrible month for an example there sitting here talking about July, rolling it to the step. Oh. Well, technically though, this last year was like a buck 35 inversion or something. So yeah. it, was, it was nuts. But, you know, I think that's another point of contention is when these guys won these contracts, whether they're basis contracts to be rolled or HTAs or whatever, is that well, this thing trades for another 15 days and you want me out of it now? What are you trying to pull over on me? Well, it's... It's not. I don't want to get called up and say, I guess what? Here's your directions to Toledo, Ohio for that load of corn, old buddy. You know, and, and trying to get that out. And I think that's just something that doesn't get talked about. But it certainly no, it, it certainly gets brought up. It's like, well, why do I got to roll it now? And why can't I and roll it then? I think that the only reason that, I mean, the only reason I know how to spew off these odd facts is because I've been through this a million times. <laughs> Yeah, But I think it just doesn't, it's one of those things, producers, um, I, I still get asked a lot of questions. Well, when will I have to be out of that by, or, yeah. you know, things like that, but. Um, and, and however long it is, this is exactly how long it'll take. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then the best part is once you roll it, of course, the spread is going, if you're rolling future. Oh, absolutely. Then the spread's <laughs> going to go bonkers. And then the guy's going to be like, oh, you you took that from me because you made me roll it on that. Date. No, 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 no. You do not. You had, you could roll it any day for the last six months prior to now. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, it's heavily the, correlated. They don't, they don't quite understand that, but right. Yeah. So that's good. That's something that is, I, I that's a lot of misperceptions on the whole delivery and, process and when you roll out. But the other thing that does happen is, especially in these inverses, End users like, uh, you know, like Susan at times, she would just roll, she'd start bidding off the SEP, even though it's not the end of June yet. Wouldn't you? Oh, that happens too, right? Um, 
You're thinking of NQ yeah. and X beans. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, are. Yeah, a little more happens with well, beans, but. Yeah, and that's the other thing. You know what, this is a good, I'm glad you said that because there are a couple things here to point out. So um, yes, yeah, so there are always, a lot of times you'll see for in beans, for instance, sometimes particular facilities, elevators, I think it depends on the end user market or wherever it may be, but mm -hmm. they might, they could go straight from the July to the Nova on beans. They're going to skip the queue. Some people will go to the queue. So you'll spend essentially the month of, of July and the summer beans bidding versus the queue. Um, oh, do not just stay away from set beans. Anytime a producer says, I put a hedge in the set on beans. You did? <laughs> like, ooh. Um, <laughs> that sounds like trading the rice market. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's, it is difficult that producers can have, anyone can have a difficult time understanding the way that spreads move and the way that some of those, what I would call an oddball month, like the SEP, where typically uh, only maybe a bean processor would bid versus the SEP for a little bit. I mean, there's some, there's some months that are just the bastard months that you need to stay away from. That's exactly right. That's the best description. It's a bastard month. <laughs> Get to the no of you, idiot. <laughs> hey, right. they, they, right. We shouldn't yeah. bad mouth set beans too bad. They actually was sponsored. Before, yeah. sponsored us, so. Before <laughs> you get skinned and you don't understand why. Well, they've already paid us, so we're good. We cash the um, check. So, oh, okay. I will climb down from um, atop my soapbox right now. Love it. Sorry. It went so, on forever. No, it's good. Um, yeah. Anyways, the, the whole spread thing is uh, is is difficult enough for, honestly, for merchandise. We work with, you know, elevator folks that trade basis and spreads and, and all that. And, and spreads is a thing that, that can be difficult for, for merchandisers at times. So for, um, yeah, I guess for, for farmers trying to figure out why it's a way that somebody's screwing them again, you well, know, it's, it can be tough. But my favorite comment real quick is from our good friend. I'm allowed to say his name. I think Shep Bickley, he's a, he's a good one. He commented on this one. This has been a long time ago, but he commented, he said, if you can't figure this out, then go do something else. <laughs> but you know, there's the disconnect. It, it, anytime you break the components of a cash price into its pieces, you know, basis and futures. I find, I have found over the years when somebody, a farmer with selling, tries to break those pieces in part and take the best basis available for this time frame slash market, part, part of the market cycle, pair them with this other time frame that's best for the other side of it. And they may not be anywhere near each other on the calendar. That's really tough to make those two Pair, you know, it's easier to baptize a cat type thing. It's just, it's really tough to get those things to fit nicely in the ideal sense. I'm going to get the high here and the high here and make it work. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's very, very tough to do. And I, I wouldn't even be afraid to say it's a, it's a mental drain more than anything to try to do that because a lot of times it's just, uh, I got the idea when I do it, but then the reality of putting it together, it gets forget about until, hey, it's roll day or price day or delivery day or whatever. And I've got to finalize it up it's, and you do it at no better level than you would have. Yeah. It's one of those things that I feel like only works out on paper or in hindsight. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I would agree 100 percent. And again, I think the issue out there is there's just this idea that the elevators or the buyers are trying to pull one over on them. And it's like, no, it's like. 
we, we harp on not focusing on basis at the expense of everything else or anything because we know it doesn't work real well. That, that's, that's the point. You know, you look at a basis contract for an elevator. They're great. They're fine. The elevator's got basis. They could care less what happens later. Well, if you're an elevator and you let a guy roll a basis contract for 16 months in a carry market, that's probably not going to work out really well for him. You're fine. Oh, you're covered as a buyer, but your customer relationship is going to go to crap because by the time you figure all those adjustments in, it's, it's going to be a terrible price. Yeah. I submit if you roll once, you're probably out of harvest. You're probably going to have a lower price, lower basis in this example than the posted board price would be. So it, it, it just... You know, that's just because free. Right, right, except for the part that it's not. Yeah, <laughs> I've uh, I've I've been a witness of a few things uh, within the past few years. Guys that had rolled since '08. Oh, and they only reconciled it in the past few years. Yes, I'm not naming names. Okay, um, at some point, <laughs> someone should have looked at this as okay. Yeah, we should probably stop thing. this. You owe me money now, so. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, yeah. Back in tw- the spring of twenty, it got you know because you do you do a basis contract and then you can typically get an advance, a very common seventy percent or so. Well, when things broke in twenty, um, it was a very irregular occurrence to call up customers and say, okay, well, we're low enough now that you technically owe me money or we are within uh, this percent, you're sucks. over advanced. So yeah, so believe it or not, people would send money and oh, then yeah. eventually cry uncle. Um, at least they didn't yeah. have to pay taxes that year. Oh, you know what? We should have another. We should That's the ultimate deferred pay is you roll it forever. <laughs> Yeah, we did um, St. Louis market, different elevators did grain swaps were very common. So Mm. pickup trucks, that kind of thing. Uh, I had a guy call me a few years ago and ask if there was any way we could write a check to a pool company. (laughs) Like a swimming pool. Like, ah. Uh, Our lady of of chlorine. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Clark Griswold, you're the last true family man. (laughs) Putting in a pool. Uh, All right. Well, good talking spreads. We've got a couple other episodes on spreads that, if you want to, listeners, if you want to delve in more, uh, go on that. But man, we could we could talk spreads for a while. We're all three of us are kind of spread nerds, nerds on that sort of thing. But we'll we'll uh, roll on here. This uh, next post says. Would somebody please explain basis a bit more for me, please? <laughs> Two pleases. So they really would like you to. Um, <laughs> if an elevator in Wisconsin is 50 under basis, where does that money go? If an elevator in Ohio is 50 over, where does that money come from? Explain. Well, first, I'd like to say there's never 50 over in Ohio. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, I don't elevator. know. The East, has been, the East has had its fair share of. Well, I guess that's true. I should say that. I apologize to my Ohio buyers. Where does it go? Well, obviously, the 50 under from Wisconsin crossed over and is the 50 over in (laughs) Ohio. That's where the money went. It just shifted. Or you could blame one of the major grain companies. That's what I always do at a farmer meeting. Who sets the basis? 
It's one of the big guys. You should direct your ire at this. Yeah, Susan used to work for him. Yes, that's right. I was part of the mafia. I still have a tattoo. No. (laughs) (laughs) Still. Uh, Well, the interesting thing is this is a post from, is that two years ago over? And no Uh, one commented. You know what? 2019. Let's yeah. see. So I got to go back in my brain a little bit. It was but it was July, so it was you know. Yeah, man, that's true. There was carries, if that matters. But you know, the where does the money go and where does it come from? What, okay, this is a legit question. It's it's a, it comes from a place I think of wanting understanding, and obviously Facebook GMD is not a place of understanding. That's why there was no comments to exactly. this post. All right. Um, but where okay. does it come from? Where does it go to? Well, so going back to 19, if my memory serves me correctly, 19 was when it was super wet in the East. So Southeast feeder market was on fire. Oh yeah. Um, so that created crazy rail beds. Um, ethanol beds were wild. That's also when river, uh, exports were pretty poor. So that was the, the East became like the big um, bushel vacuum. Right. And right. so by default, if you look, you feel like you have a bad crop coming on uh, base, you know, you're going to hold, be holding on to old crop even more. Right. So I can kind of see where Ohio at 50 over would probably make sense there. And then at the same time, now I don't know about Wisconsin at 50 under, but uh, again, you have to respect the, there's the things course, that yeah. happen every year that change flows. And clearly there's a need for bushels in Ohio yes. where there wasn't yeah. a need in Wisconsin. So I, I think this gets back to the, one of the earlier posts that the guy thought the basis was freight. Well, he wasn't, that's not correct. But in this case, the difference between Wisconsin at 50 under and Ohio at 50 over yeah, probably is a question of freight i bet if you hauled it there whatever these two markets would be there's probably a roughly a dollar difference yeah because that's a dollar difference in the bid that's probably the freight to get there you know i'm oversimplifying but this this when you compare two markets basis values it is a function of freight uh the difference between the two in a lot of cases i can remember in the 19 crop year getting getting my ass chewed a lot because people would be like well the such and such country elevator over to the east of me, they're bidding 35 over and you at the river, you're only bidding 20 over. That's ridiculous. Get with the program. Well, the (laughs) export market was horrible and the Eastern market was on fire. And so anyone that had the ability to rail to the east by default had these record high values. Absolutely. So what the the thing is that that's the most important thing you can do as a merchandiser is not apologize because you have a basis that's not as strong as someone is as whatever that other facility may be. It's that you can help the customer understand why, why it's happening, why there's the difference, and then try to find and facilitate a way to help them take advantage of the situation. Um, I think that one of the worst things that you can do as a merchandiser is just always just sit there and take the beat down (laughs) from the customer. Yes. Um, You know, it's, to me, it's, we're a relationship business. It is about as much as maybe no one wants to say this, it's about empathy and it's about education. And you have to understand that they definitely don't see the bigger picture. 
and we have somewhat of a responsibility to uh, help if you want your business to grow and thrive you absolutely should do that yeah that's exactly right yeah so you have to be you know you have to be able to adjust and and sometimes you got to understand the question they're asking by just the words they're saying because they always ask the question this is a human nature thing but uh, what's the market what do you think the market's going to do today that's probably not the real question they're asking if they come in asking that at the elevator. So, you know, there's there's other things behind that. It's like, well, what do you need it to do? And, you know, it's it's just a matter, well, it's a relationship, as you said, Susan, it's a relationship. And, and, and the key to any good relationship, I think, is good communication and understanding. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, basis at the end of the day is just the cash market is whatever it needs to be. That price is whatever it needs to be to make the bushels go where they need to go. And then it's a math problem of whatever the futures happen to be uh, from that, that point. And that's what makes basis. It's not some deal where, okay, if you bid this, you get this much money, Mr. Elevator, Mr. Ethanol man, or Mr. You know, exporter, you know, you name it that, and that there's a lot of, I I guess the genesis of our, (laughs) the name of our uh, podcast is, Hey, uh, you know, basis isn't just, what somebody gets and that was you know his question is hey if it's 50 under you know who gets that or where does that come from and then if it's over you know how do they collect that money like nobody sends them a check for 50 cents because you know they they were able to buy it for 50 under you know so it's uh it's a it's a deal so got one more here and we'll put a bow on this one but this one's fun um this guy says, please explain how it is that end users of grain can use, quote, basis, end quote. The original use of basis was to offset the cost of transportation from the local area to the port of shipment, as I understand it. That's how it was originally set up back in Katrina days again. This is my comment. Okay. <laughs> uh, sorry, back to the post here. Um, port end- of shipment, POS. I get it. Yes, <laughs> I do. End users such as ethanol plants, have no transportation costs. That's something you may not have known. Uh, It seems that they use the basis to their advantage to control the flow of grain to them. Now, I think he was he was in some weird places, but he came to a to a place that that deserves a trophy. That's yeah, that only that last line, the rest of it might need to be crossed out. Um, Yeah. Yes, they do. They uh, use it to their advantage to control the flow of grain. That's that's the best explanation. They use it to control. Yes, that is exactly right. His first, yeah, his first thing says, "Please explain how they use the grain." Says a bunch of things in the middle, and then at the end, he explains it (laughs) as as good as I've ever seen it. Explain. Hat tip to this cat. Pretty good. Long live the. Remember the Alamo. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. But you know, I, this is the correct answer. Now, do the all last, end users and buyers use it correctly? No. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> that's a separate issue. Most of the times, probably, but sometimes, no. You know, I think what frustrates a lot of people, especially you talk to elevators, is when they've got, and I'm picking on ethanol plants here just because I hear it does it more often than, say, a feed mill, but 
they'll be full and dumping for one hour every morning and shut down on Wednesdays, but they'll keep their bid high or even yeah. higher. Oh, that they'll raise so it. Yeah. They'll raise it. Raise their bid. They which can't is take a complete anything. bastardization of using bases. <laughs> They're only taking forward contracts right now, but our spot bid is <laughs> keeps going up. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. You know, I, this is, this is a good one, a good one to end with just because I, I'm impressed. He, he answered his own question. Yeah. I'm t- just, uh-huh. sometimes you just got to catharsis it out on Facebook and you, you solve your own problem. So, but is that true? The original use of basis was to offset the cost of transportation. No, the original use is, is the right? same use. That well, is today. Go- I mean, is he going back to, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, the it, truth is, maybe, maybe he's looking at SIF values. So in theory, the value at the Gulf minus the cost of barge freight, and then that gets you back to a river facility. I can mm-hmm. see that, but I'm not sure if that's where he was going there. I mean, the truth is, like we said before, it there is a, a huge freight's a huge factor in what yes. basis is, of, of course. So it, we shouldn't say that, you know, when we don't, but you know, that's not it. But to say it's the only thing that matters right. to basis is, is yeah, not. And when it's working properly, it does both. It controls and pays for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the, you look at any, you look at any setup and it's going to be, it doesn't matter if it's, if you were talking about an elevator that generally goes to an ethanol plant, a river market, whatever, it's, okay, their bid is going to be backed up generally what the cost of freight would be to get it there and mm-hmm. then a few cents for margin, so, mm-hmm. or for handling. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so he was kind of headed the right direction. Yeah, well, he, he ended up at the right right destination. Yeah, I'm really that's impressed. What he, does, cool. he deserves a gold star. Yeah. I, I will question this is something i didn't know that one sentence in here he said end users uh have no transportation costs is that true if only if they're by delivered old buddy there you go well fob sell it fob you done i i mean the thing is it's you're you're paying to yeah you're paying to control what's coming at you so and I mean, if you are, if you're a processor, if you're an end user of some sort and you are paying attention to who your other, who are the competing markets you're working against. So if you're fighting against a river market and the river market backs off 10 cents because of something freight related or stuff backs off, then if you were smart, you would back up a little bit too, because it means that you don't have to be quite as competitive. Yeah. But uh, did you notice I said, if you were smart, because <laughs> sometimes these things, it, it really is amazing. I don't know if it's complacency. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, it's it's complacency. It's inertia. Sometimes it's, I think just this idea of, Hey, we're going to win basis or win harvest are. by filling up. I yeah. And that's not, that's not true. <laughs> While, while like say an ethanol plant, they don't have transportation costs for because people bring them the corn, right? But and they don't have transportation costs to ship corn out, but they do have transportation costs to ship out DDGs and ethanol and things like that. That's all. Well, now you're just being right. too large. They do have days. transportation costs. All I'm saying, but I, but let's but the try buyer home. DGG pays that. 
Hey, oh, yeah. If, if you structure it right. <laughs> um, so, so anyways, I will, I will, uh, I, I want to repeat the, la- the, the take home is a great final sentence here and it's really good. So I want to repeat it for, for everyone. It seems that they being the end users use the basis to their advantage and to control the flow of grain to them. That is how basis is used. Verily I say to ye, control amen. the flow of grain. And that is correct. Yeah, I, I really like that. That's a good, good sentence. So, that is. So, Susan, closing thoughts, comments. Um, do we still like have that. hope for humanity after going through this practice here today? I think so. I think I think there there is possibly a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, keep fighting the good fight, but. Yeah, after all that, I am impressed, though, that we managed to close out with something that that actually makes sense. This is a complete uh, chance. This was the surprise. <laughs> surprise, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> but uh, no, it worked out well. Um, so, yeah, appreciate, Susan, you taking time with us today. I know you're, uh, yeah, out, you, you actually kind of have the, the day off, but you, you chose to take some time with us and and uh, record some some fun GMD discussions. So this is good. But uh, once again, so if people wanted to uh, reach out to you, how do they do that? I would say easiest way to, you can either Google Reading Huber Ag Consulting, or I won't spell it for you. Good luck trying to spell it. <laughs> uh, Susan David, Twitter, it's at Susan Noble. Um, you can sign up for my weekly email there. And yeah, that's about it. But I've, uh, I appreciate it guys. It's been fun. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Well, it's, this was fun. This was fun. And, uh, we appreciate your insight. And, uh, if you get any other thoughts or or pass along, come across any other fantastic posts on social media, please send them our way. As always, thanks for downloading and listening. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with folks you know in the business. And if you'd like to reach out anytime about anything at all or have any show ideas, you can always find us on Twitter at Elevators Cut. Follow us there, tweet at us, DM us, and we'll always respond. Till next time, for Roger, I'm Jason. For Jason, I'm Roger. Thanks for listening to The Elevators Cut. Oh.